0: Welcome to another episode of the Programmatic Digest Podcast. I am your host and your programmatic coach, Ellen. Parker, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, y'all. We're averaging uh, 1,200 downloads every single month. Month's 10th. thanks to you. January was hella high at 15. Uh, February was 13. March we are like already at 13. I mean 11. This is so great. So thank you so much for your support, for your love. On this special episode, I am going solo for you. I'm going to talk to you about ad exchanges, and this is. Is sponsored by Work Reduce. Thanks to our good friends, Work Reduce, for sponsoring this quarter. Thanks to you, we were able to donate 10% to South Plaza uh, Rescue Quad in Virginia Beach. Shout out to them. Um, But the reason why I wanted to do the solo episode is because I wanted to give you a little taste of what you can get in the Reach and Frequency course. So the lesson that I'm going to share on the audio and on Facebook, I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be on Facebook, but uh, on YouTube is pulled directly from module two, which we talk about programmatic ecosystem lesson for ad exchanges. So in module two, so module one, let me get to to module one first. So module one, what we did was really identifying the the fundamentals, right? Like what is programmatic advertising? Why we need it? Why is it important um, for, you know, the benefit of programmatic advertising for a brand, like an advertiser, for a publisher, for an agency. Now in module two, Uh, We went ahead and talked about programmatic ecosystem. So what does that mean? We talked about demand side platform, uh, supply side, ad exchange, ad servers, um, you name it. So we gave a bunch of, there's about 10 lessons in module two, talking about fundamentally what are each of those key players plus some. So we have an intro lesson into ad fraud or prevention of ad fraud, um, data analytics, you name it. So module two is really a great, a great module for any level, actually, whether you are working in marketing and want to get into programmatic advertising, or you simply just want to, um, You simply just want to level up. Like I remember working for a whole year, not knowing exactly what an ad server did. I used it, but I wasn't clear on things, you know? So the course is here to really demystify from every single level. I give so many examples and you'll get to see in this episode, it's about the lessons are about 15 to 20 minutes. So it's kind of short and I get straight to it. It's no fluff added. Okay. So I hope you enjoy this bonus episode pulled from the reach and Frequency Course Lesson Four, Module Two, which is available for purchase. So the whole course is available for purchase right now. All you have to do is head over to reach and frequency.live. Again, reach and frequency.live. Enjoy this episode. And thank you again to WorkReduce for making all of this happen. And thanks to you for showing up for yourself and deciding you wanted to learn with us today. All oh, righty, righty, righty. Mm-hmm. Welcome to lesson four of module two, y'all ad exchanges. Let's talk about those bridges. Let's talk about those programmatic advertising brokers. Okay. So far in this lesson, or I'm sorry, so far in this module, we talked about the programmatic ecosystem. We talked about the life of an ad impression, the demand side platform, the supply side platform. And now we're going to talk about the ad exchange. Oops, went too far. Um, key takeaways for the lesson would be what is an ad exchange, the benefit of using and different type of exchanges. Um, no, I've mentioned quite a few actually running through some of the previous lessons, but in this one, we're going to break it down for real OK, so as always, let's start with a good old definition. What is an exchange? An exchange is an act of giving one thing and receiving another, according to the Oxford Dictionary. So when you're looking at our good old programmatic ad buying simplified ish ima- image, this is where we are. We're talking about the actual bridge. So think of this as the bridge between the sell side and the buy side. So an ad exchange are primarily, ad exchanges, sorry, are primarily brokers for media trading on the open web. And for those who don't really have a good understanding of what a broker is, the definition of a broker is a person who buys and sells goods. Or ask it for others. So it represents the middleman, okay? So it's the bridge between the two. I went ahead and asked my good friend, Yahu Slav Holod, Director of programmatic operation at AdMixer. And he says, Well, at Exchanger, Ellen, they constitute a backend infrastructure, infrastructure of programmatic that makes it possible to purchase individual impressions rather than trading them in bulk. Remember what an impression is? I defined it, I went over the impression definition or at least the impressions. Concept during the life of an ad impression. So, if you need more information, I would strongly recommend you refer back to that. But he adds on to saying ad exchanges allowed the market to transition from a cumbersome ad network model and create a truly global audience marketplace. I love that. I love what he's saying because at the end of this lesson, we're going to go over the differences between ad exchange and an ad uh, network. And you'll understand why ad exchanges is the way to go almost. So who should we use an ad exchange? Well, the key players using ad exchanges, obviously, are DSPs and SSP. They have a direct partnership with ad exchanges. Some SSP even have their own proprietary ad exchanges as well. So why should we use an ad exchange? Well, Considering that the ad exchange, all the ad exchanges are the aggregators of traffic and allow the bidding transaction to take place, it plays such an important role in real-time bidding process. So how do you select an ad exchange? And this is the publisher ed- edition. <laughs> well, we're going to go over one, two, three, four. We're going to go over, well, we'll go over four major things you want to know as a publisher when selecting your ad exchange or one of the MIDI ad exchange, right? So an ad exchange provides immense benefits across the board for both publishers and advertisers. Publishers can tap into the extensive demand for ad space by turning to ad exchanges. Here are some of the advantages they gain from an ad exchange management, right? So the price. The option to set minimum CP- CPMS for inventory units to get a fair price, and this is according to my good friends at Viewpoint. Check out, check out the full uh, article by scanning the QR code. Let me scan the QR code real quick to make sure. Dang, I didn't do this. Okay, good. Next, let's talk about filter. Adding filter and blocking functions to help them avoid sensitive or damaging content, as well as ads from competitors. Those are really important. Let's think about this, okay? Um, we are giving uh, the benefit of an ad exchange according to a publisher. So if you're a publisher, working for a publisher right now, this would be one of the things you would want to consider. Another one is more cons- customization with functions to automatically toggle fonts, color, and corner style for multiple display ad placement and ad pod management for CTV ads. So let's take a break here. CTV stands for connected TV advertising. Connected TV is actually the devices we use to connect to streaming video inventory. Let me give you an example of CTV. Hulu is the connecting device. I mean, I'm sorry, Roku is the connecting device that allows us to stream, right? A PSP could be a connected device as well, gaming console is whatever device you use to access that streaming inventory. Okay. Let me give you a quick other explanation here. OTT over the top. It is not currently mentioned in this article or in the slide, but OTT uh, represent over the top and OTT is simply that streaming inventory. So you can access OTT inventory with CTV or without. Okay. You can access that Hulu with connecting devices like Roku, or you can simply just log online and watch your streaming uh, on Hulu. Okay, this is not sponsored by Hulu or uh, Roku. It could be and would be great, (laughs) but it isn't. But I wanted to give you this quick definition because it's really important to understand the differences. And over here, this is uh, 100% talking about the formatting. Another quick thing that we want to talk about is control. More control over the ad format and style for all ads that appear on their apps. The ability to choose where and when ads will be displayed, that's great for control. So we just reviewed how to select an ad exchange according to a publisher. Now we're going to go ahead and cover four things from a brand or an agency perspective. So what would you want to know from an agency perspective or what would you want to know to to select an ad exchange or to partner with an ad exchange if you were a brand? Well, you would want to look at targeting and optimization options to maximize your ROI. And that includes the power to choose audiences of your choices based on your client's demands or on your brand's demand and the ability to retarget across multiple ad exchanges. That is really important, especially in our day to day. Or And depending on the industry you are representing. So the best price, a little bit like the publisher. Um, are you able to control pricing through price settings and advanced bidding capabilities to enable cost effective advertising? The third thing we're going to cover is like how exclusive are is this inventory? OK, um, exclusion publishers list that they don't want to advertise with. And what I mean by exclusion publishers list, that mean that we look over a list of sites from those publishers that do not represent the brand's integrity that we would want to exclude. And let me just add this, that the industry have used the expression and word for block list or sometimes even blacklist. We're going to stay away from those terms because it does not represent what we're trying to do. And we need to be, to be politically and diplomatically correct. So let's stay away from using terms like whitelist and block list and move into, ser- into using inclusion list and exclusion list. It gives a deb- a better picture anyway. Second thing, uh, last thing you want to cover from a brand and agency perspective is managing how frequently an ad is shown to the same user. Oops, there's a misspell. I apologize. Um, so the frequency is something we pride of control. Frequency control is something that the digital world is very proud of. Why? Is because of the measurement and tracking capabilities and those technology mentioned the ad exchange, this, um, well, the ad server, and the DSP allows us to implement a frequency cap. You'll hear the words frequency capping, frequency cap, that is simply saying that we only want to serve the ad to the same user an, uh, a certain amount of time. So, frequency cap can represent three a day three an hour. Yes, you can do that too. One an hour, one ad every hour, you know, uh, that's what frequency means. And it's controlled based on those cookie targeting and other online behaviors that we'll cover a little bit later in, uh, I think, module four. But I wanted to give you a perspective of how, uh, how important this last part is. So what type of exchanges do we have access to? We talk about the open exchange. Um, the open ad exchanges are very competitive because of the large number of bids placed uh, for like a single unit, like a single ad unit. This aspect can make it difficult to determine if the ad placement is will be beneficial. So the downside of the, the open exchange, I mean, the open auction or the open exchange or the open internet is that the advertiser receives limited information about the publisher. So there's elevated risk of digital fraud and malware. But that is also uh, one, uh, one beauty of, uh, the, I'm sorry, not that. Let me say that again. Elevated risk of digital fraud and malware. The open exchange is is honestly referred to the public digital marketplace of the ad inventory. So think of this as like open doors, right? The inventory is out there, you can bid against it, it becomes very competitive at certain time, depending on seasonality, depending on your product, depending on your industry, but it's the open exchange. Everybody can have access to this exchange. Big proponent of open exchanges and open internet concept of the trade desk or AppNexus or Microsoft Advertising. believe that the advertising world is funding the open internet. So as a consumer, when you hear the open internet, you should get excited. Okay. You should get excited. Okay, there's still a lot of control in how we serve a message to me and you as consumers. But the reality that most consumers don't know is that the open internet, the free internet is funded by advertising. So if advertising had to disappear tomorrow, or let's say the open exchange had to disappear, the open internet will disappear. That means that when you have to consume any type of content online, you either have to pay for it, like read the news and pay for it first before accessing, or you'll be asked to log in to some extent right so it's really important that you don't that we see the open internet as a um, a, a good thing from an advertising perspective although it has pluses and downfalls the next thing we want to talk about is, oh, oh, I found this code and I thought it was dope, right? So the Trade Desk is, I is, uh, actually brought um, touch on it a few seconds ago, but that is why the Trade Desk says powering the open internet with an independent media buying platform like what they offer helps marketer reach more customers through a more relevant ad experience, right? So unlike Wall Gardens, the open internet lets you use data to grow your audience across the widest range of website, apps, podcast, streaming, videos, whatever you want to say, compare performance openly and objectively. Okay. This is from the trade desk and a wall garden is for those who, who are maybe not familiar, but a wall garden is a garden enclosed by high walls, right? That we understand. It's just high walls. You can only access it usually via one or two exit or entrance. Facebook and Amazon are wall gardens because they can control inventory, pricing, rates, and access. And we've seen it. There is not a lot, of, a lot of transparency in some of those wall gardens. Not throwing shots at anybody here. But the reality is that Facebook or Amazon or um, what's the other one? I can't remember. They have so much control over what's happening because they own everything within those walls, okay? So uh, the open internet is always a plus. Private exchanges, uh, this allows the publisher to choose buyers that resonate with their brand image, letting them generate more revenue. And a good example of a private uh, ad exchange would be um, the Viewpoint platform, which allows CTV and OTT publishers to monetize selling inventory directly to their preferred advertising partners, et cetera. Um, And this is all pulled by Viewpoint, obviously. So I wanted to give them their flowers. I think they did a great job at really breaking down the different exchanges. And I really like how they put, um, how they put it together. So another thing I wanted to mention is that the publishers are granted control over who can advertise on their site and apps and can select the bidders, the floor price and other unique condition that, that they want to be met. Right. So it gives them more control and usually they have more revenue out of a private deal. Um, out of private deal um, partnership. Preferred deal um, is the third out of the four different type of exchanges. And the preferred or direct deals do not involve auctioning of ad inventory at all. Like the publisher and advertiser privately negotiate a price for the ad inventory. Um, The preferred deal creates a reliable revenue for the publisher. And the advertiser enjoys the fixed CPM price as they do not have to compete with other advertisers, right? Is that preferred relationship. And I like the fact that I put a rotary phone because this is <laughs> this is not so much programmatically done, right? Because it's not uh, auction-based. It's pretty, it's pretty much pick up, picking up the phone, making this deal, negotiating the good old school way, and then making sh- uh, sure things happen. Lastly, guaranteed deals. Guaranteed deals are similar to direct and uh, sell and buy, but it involves programmatic automation rather than relying on manual process. It refers to as programmatic direct. So um, a guaranteed deal is referred to as a programmatic direct. So under the type of this of exchanges, the advertisers guaranteed a specific a specified volume of impression. Or a flight date, all right? So they do not have to bid for each impression separately. And this is almost purchased as a package. And the best way to understand guaranteed deal from uh, a preferred deal or from a private deal is, for instance, if you wanted to bid on Super Bowl 2023, right? Um, you could go the guaranteed deal route and make sure that you do this way in advance. And no matter what happens, you'll pay that price. You'll get the results, right? So the benefit of that is that, Hey, you're, you're going to get visibility during the time, like a a really an event that's going to be done really, really early. Um, but the, the downfall of that is that if you're only, if you haven't selected a bigger deal or a certain amount of impression, then you're only going to get that impression deal. Okay. So guaranteed deals definitely has a plus and, um, and minuses here. All of them do matter of fact. So let's talk about ad exchanges versus ad networks. And why wow, it's so important to know y'all. Mm. An ad exchange enables, we know that an ad exchange enables advertisers and publishers, right? So to buy and sell advertising space in real-time auction, it is the bridge that enables the flow of the inventory. An ad network is an aggregator that collects ad inventory from publisher and sells it to advertisers. It limits visibility in pricing for both buy-side and sell-side. And again, an aggregator is a website or a program that collects related items of content and displays them or links to them. So in an auction, you could buy your inventory for, let's say... The inventory value could be about a dollar and fifty cents. Let me just give that as an example, right? And at ad exchanger, you could buy one day for 150, the next day you'll buy for 50 cents, the next day we'll buy for two dollars. It depends on very very uh variable, right? But you'll also be able to, to pull a report and measure the different pricing happening, right? But in the ad network, they can price it at $3 all the way through. And you won't have visibility in that on the days where you actually gain, you actually buy at fifty cents, and the others you'll buy it maybe at two two fifty, right? So the ad network has control over that pricing, and you don't know exactly how much is what. And usually, ad networks, uh, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay over pride. but usually, ad networks have a lot of remnant inventory, meaning that the inventory that may not have been sold the the way we want them. Um, most of the ad networks have lower quality inventory. It's not bad. None of it is bad, right? But, if you have if you don't know me yet if you ha- <laughs> if i don't if i cannot see where i'm going then there's a major problem at least i need to understand how things are going in the back end and because of the lack of visibility that is kind of scary scary okay so you're most likely listening to this and saying but ellen i've been running display campaign using google display network for quite some time it's been performing Great. What we're trying to do here is give you another option to consider so that you can step up your game. You can step up your strategy in terms of how you want to be able to transact that inventory. Okay. So it's just giving you another visit, another perspective into the differences that you have already. Because with GDN, you only get GDN with an ad exchange or with a DSP having multiple ad exchanges within that that DSP, within that technology, you're able to not only bid on Google product, but also on other legitimate uh inventory source that you won't want to consider. Because guess what? SPO is still pretty much up to us. And if we know that Google is not the right inventory, then we should bid on Google. But at least working with an ad exchange will give you the opportunity to even compare Google, right? And I'm not saying that it's um, it's not good. I'm just giving you an option here. But with ad network, you're only bidding on that network and that's it. So in recap, um, we learned what the what an ad exchange was. We learned the importance of an ad exchange, which is the bridge. We understand that it gives us uh, uh, access to different targeting, control, pricing, and frequency, and that each publishers and brands have their difference that have different benefit into using an ad exchange. And we reviewed how what to select or what to consider when selecting an ad exchange, right? And now we just understood how ad networks had. Uh ups and downs, maybe um positive and negative options when coming with uh, when working with an ad network. So it's not all bad. Okay, it's not it's really not all bad. We just want you to understand that because of programmatic advertising and this technology, you have more options. So you should definitely have more options. And no matter what, if transparency and certain level of control is not given, which with ad network is very limited to a certain extent. You should always ask for a different partnership or look at a different option, okay? Thank you. (laughs) I should probably say thank you.